Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. You are listening to Tall, Dark, and Random. And before we get started, I just want to let everyone know we're available on Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, and many more. If we aren't on a carrier that you use, please throw us an email at talldarkandrandompodcast at gmail.com and we can see what we can do about getting this podcast on that carrier or getting you a link to a new carrier so you can listen to this podcast each and every week completely free. My name is Nicholas Grooms, and I am the author of the book Me, Myself, and I Hate You, which is a book based on years of my everyday experiences in the workplace dealing with difficult people, odd situations, and how I can look back at all the hardships and laugh at myself while using that as a vehicle to show others that people understand and feel the same way uh, feel the same way I do about life. You know, I, I think for a long time I felt careened on an island like my problems were my own. And then one day I had this breakthrough at work, a 102 degree day in July with a broken AC as I'm sitting there sweating through my shirt. Uh, A self-help guru guy was setting up in uh, the meeting room there. And and usually I don't take a lot away from those things. But uh, someone who went and attended this man's programs was sitting up at the desk and talking to me and said a quote to me that I'll never forget. And that quote was, you are unique, but your problems are not. And every single day of my life since then, I've tried to apply that quote, no matter what I'm battling that day, as a sufferer of depression, anxiety, and grief pretty regularly. Uh, It can be hard. It can be an exhausting task to just sit there and kind of deal with your stuff. But the moment I opened up my mouth and started looking for people who were like me and identified with my plight, uh, I really like broke down a door and, and really like opened up and, and changed my life for the better. And that's kind of what I, I want to do here. You know, for the longest time, I felt like uh, I lived my life as a very, very terrible human being, you know. Uh, not so much that I always did terrible things, but when I messed up, I mean, I messed up with uh, with style almost. You know, it, it was one of those things of kind of sweep your problems under the rug until there's like, you know, it, it's obvious the rug is off the floor because the pile is so big. And I, I know dispersing that mess and cleaning it up a little at a time is better than just bottling it up and hiding it all for the world, you know, so the world doesn't see it. Um, in the last seven or eight years of my life, I think I've had more success in my art, making music, writing books, doing journalism, anything at all uh, has been more successful because I've taken the time to disperse those feelings amongst that as well. And I think people, you know, real seeks out real and the people I've met and encountered along the way have really given me, uh, you know, positive feedback when it comes to what I'm doing because I do everything with myself. I mean, I I put myself into absolutely everything that I'm doing. And you can be sure that everything that I do and have done over the last few years has been 100% true. Every word has been me mixed, me and my emotions mixed up into it. And I want to thank you guys for listening to this show for that reason, because I know a lot of you are here for the funny, but I also want you to be here for the heart. And I want you to leave this show taking more away from it than you came in with. You know, if, if I can just leave a little nugget like that man did for me, that little, you know, you are unique, but your problems are not. If you could just take that amount from me and apply it to your life and make your life a little bit better, I'm going to feel like I've really, really done something. You know, you, you sit around and you create projects and, and they become very self-serving. They, they seem like very, they're very self-servient. You know, you can put out things all day long and it just seems like all you're trying to do is push those and sell those products because you need to, to exist. But 
you know, I'm getting to this point in my life where I want to put more out into the world, and that's going to be what we're going to do on this program. Um, I've spent a lot of time working day jobs, and I've always thought it's it's commendable of people to work jobs they dislike, to raise their families and support their children and, and just do what they have to do. But uh, I won't lie to you, like, I, I've worked at a lot of places, like hotels and stores and, uh, you know, just places, uh, factories, overnight and I I just always felt like I was this loser this giant giant loser who wasn't doing what he anticipated you know I think as a kid I I was like I'm gonna work really hard and become a musician or a writer and that's all I'm gonna do 100% of the time and then you kind of dip into the deep end of it and you realize most bands that go on tour have jobs when they go home you start realizing most writers write a book and write a wave for a little bit and then they have to go back to the drawing board and write another one while they do something else. And as I've gotten through the years, you know, I went from feeling like I was this giant loser who worked 40 hours a week and then went home and worked 40 more hours to do the things I wanted to do to kind of feeling like, you know, I've done what I've needed to continue chasing after the things I breathe for. And, you know, I'm not, I, I realize now, you know, it took me till probably like the last couple of years to realize that I'm not defined by my little insecurities and the times that I've fallen short. I'm more defined by the times I've gotten back up and continued to fight and continued to do the things that I've wanted to do in my life. And, uh, you know, I, I, I get a lot of compliments on the fact that I never quit and, and I take a lot of pride in that. And, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm kind of this middle of the, you know, middle of the road person who, you know, can't pick a side, but, it doesn't matter where you walk. If you're walking on the side of the road on one side or the other side or in the middle, you're going forward. Just go forward. It really doesn't matter which way you go. And that's what I want you guys to take away from this program is that we all have bad days at work. We all have people who talk down on us. We all get dumped. We all bicker with our friends and families from time to time. We all have loved ones pass away. But in all of that, we have hope and the ability to overcome. And I hope that while we can laugh and have a good time here on this program, that you guys will take that message and apply it to your everyday life. Anyway, as I said before, this is the inaugural episode of this show, and I kind of just want to let you know where I've been lately. Uh, I released the book, uh, moved out here to Arkansas. My father passed away sometime in March of last year, uh, around the end of the month, and I I really felt like for about 90 days there, I I was very gung-ho in getting a plan together to quit my hotel job and move out here and, you know, get everything wrapped up we needed to get wrapped up to move from Kansas to Arkansas. And uh, all of a sudden it was like I blinked and we were here. It felt like 90 days just flew by in a couple. And we were in Arkansas. You know, I I was trying to start life over and, and, you know, reevaluate my position after losing my father. And it's been extremely hard. You know, it's felt like I think the last year of my life is the biggest blur I've ever experienced in, in any amount of time. It's like if you ever if you ever felt like time was going slow, I feel like time is going way too fast. I feel like uh, I've hit birthdays for people and, you know, milestones and events and things like that. You know, uh, the one year passing of my father, even, you know, when that day came around, it was uh, extremely strange because it, it didn't feel like it had been two days uh, since it happened. But I guess that's what grief does to you. And I've kind of been out here in the woods and, and having my own experiences, and, and a lot of them have been, you know, negative, but there has been positive ones as well. 
But uh, upon moving back here, I uh, continued working at hotels for a little bit. I uh, got a night hotel position. It was part-time in addition to writing and, and selling my books and doing my stuff from home. But uh, it was a nice way to get out of the house a few days a week and, and make a little money. And uh, I encountered probably the worst, absolute worst human being I've ever encountered at a hotel. Just in the middle of the night one night, uh, this guy, and I'll say his name, I'll say his first name at least. His name was Shane. And he was this moron who drove like a, you know, a 2017 Ford pickup and, you know, was kind of touting like he owned the world because he did so. But uh, he, he was just this, this kind of hickish, you know, hickish with a little bit of money kind of guy who has an above average job, you know, maybe not like your rich tycoon, but a guy who's a little bit well off and has somehow let that swell his head to the point where he wants to come up and bark at, you know, the lowly employee with a name tag on at the desk. So I'm sitting at the desk one night, and this guy comes up, and he's upset. And I, his initial problem was pretty much that he was just too damn stupid to use a pop machine. Like, he didn't understand the concept of putting in the dollar bills the correct direction, is what I'm determining, because after telling me he tried to put the bill in a bunch of times, he couldn't get a pop to come out. But then I go around the corner, and I put the, the bill in the pop machine, and it was a rather crinkled bill, even, and it took it right away. So I'm, my guess is he flipped the dollar upside down, or in his drunken stupor, just couldn't read the simple directions on the front of the machine. So, you know, I think we're all fine and good, it's over with, you know, I kind of just give him the spiel, like, I don't fill the machines, I can't really fix the machine for you, or make it work. Um, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I even offered to go try it for him, and he kind of chastised me for, you know, implying that he was too dumb to use the pop machine, which I, you know, at this point is more than an implication. Like, it's a, it's downright determined that he was just too stupid to use the pop machine. So this guy goes back to his room for a little bit, and he, he kind of sits over there and uh, I guess is still stewing about having to leave the hotel to get a snack for himself, which may I point out, right across the street from the hotel was a Cenex gas station where he could have just walked his happy ass and got a soda. If he, if he, you know, you don't have to put the bills in any certain direction there, just uh, directly into the person across the counter's hand. But he comes back up to the desk and he's complaining about uh, the suite he's rented. And at this hotel, you know, th this wasn't like one of those high dollar hotels. This is one of those hotels where the suite is like $100 a night, you know. it It's about as average of a suite as you would get in a hotel. I mean, it's not like a filthy, disgusting hotel, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't the Hilton or anything, you know. And, and that's the way this guy was acting. Like, he comes back up there and literally, like, verbatim, this is what he says to me. He says, I paid $119 a night for this hotel room, for this suite. Uh, how would you feel if you spent $119 on a hotel room? And he's kind of giving me the business. And, and, you know, I've worked in hotels probably the last 10 years of my life. So sometimes $119 is an average price, you know, especially like when I was working for companies like Holiday Inn. But this guy, like, makes a giant deal out of this. And, and, you know, I've got all of this other life stuff weighing on me. And this kind of just shook me awake that night. Um, 
this guy's kind of getting upset, and it's nothing I haven't dealt with before, so I'm trying to be civil and deal with this guy. But his basic problem was he rented this suite, and there was a pull-out couch bed that didn't have sheets on it. And I, My guess is probably housekeeping uh, was severely understaffed that day. Like, usually they have one or two in, the, in a, you know, a place with 70-something rooms or 50-something rooms or whatever it is. So, you know, you get 30 minutes per room, sometimes you're going to miss little things. So I'm guessing they probably stripped the sheets and just forgot to put sheets back on. So I go and I get this guy's sheets for this bed. Bring them back up to the counter. And as I'm coming around the corner, there's another guy in line, a kid waiting to check in. He's probably like, a, you know, 20, 21 years old. And he looks very uncomfortable as this drunken man is just belligerently talking to him about how poor his experience had been and how upset he was and how he was going to phone a manager or blah, 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 whatever. And at this point, I'm going to dip behind the desk and grab my keys and lock up the drawer and take this man to his room so I can make this bed for him. So I walk up to the front and I set the sheets up on the, up on the counter. So I can go around the desk and lock up the stuff and lock up the office. As I'm doing so, this guy blurts out, Ugh, and look at this. Now I'm gonna have to go put my own sheets on my own bed like I'm fucking housekeeping. And he says it in that, like, snarky, drunken, like, F this place kind of way. So then I'm like, yeah, make your own bed. I kind of just... Push him off and tell him, you know, yeah, you're right. I'm not housekeeping. I'm not doing it. So this turns into the longest hour of my life. Because this guy's refusal to just leave the desk uh, triumphs anything in his life at this point. He's so angry at me that he wants to sit at the desk and continue asking for a manager. And keep in mind, it's after midnight at this point. You know, my boss is nowhere to be found, sleeping probably, doing whatever, you know. He's not at the hotel, though, you know. Like, there's not a manager on duty. I offered to have a manager call him at 8 a.m. when she comes in in the morning, and this is unacceptable to him. He keeps telling me to call the manager, call the manager. So I just ignore him for a while until I finally reach this boiling point where my head is about to explode and... uh, I'm like, you know what, guy, I'm going to call the cops. You're drunk and you're standing at the desk. You don't need to be publicly intoxicated. And I kind of give him the business and tell him that. And this is what I say verbatim. I think you need to just cut your losses and bounce is what I tell him. And this is what he says back to me. Why do all of you people have to talk all ghetto like that? Because I said the word bounce as a slang term. Us people all talk ghetto. And I, I, I'm guessing he means brown people is what, what I meant, what I'm meaning by that. Like, that's what I took away from that. So at this point, I'm sick of this guy. I'm frazzled. I'm pissed off. I had already, like, come to work that night with an extreme, like, guise of anxiety, just this cloud hanging over my head. I, I remember just, like, as I'm leaving the house that night... Telling my lady, like, it's going to be a bad night. I already, I can already tell it's going to be a bad night. And I mean, sometimes I say that and it's not. But I just get these overwhelming feelings sometimes that, you know, the hellstorm is rolling in. And, and I guess I was correct on this night. I was like, correct to 
a magnitude I'll never understand. But this guy, like, just pushes all my buttons. So at this point, he's telling me, like, it's my job to help him and that I'm a poor piece of shit and I've never even been able to stay in a suite. And he's saying all these, like, terrible things to me and I just get to my boiling point. So he tells me it's my job to phone my boss. So I phone my boss. My boss picks up the phone, oddly enough, (laughs) because I've called him enough times. I called him three or four times. Doesn't pick up, doesn't pick up. So I leave him a voicemail telling him I'm quitting. He should pick up. So he finally calls me back, I think. Or that's what it was. He called me back. He didn't pick up. He calls me back and asks me what the problem is. And I tell him, you know, housekeeping didn't do their job. So now I've got this guy yelling in my face down here at the hotel And with the guy right in front of me, I straight up just tell my boss, like, um, you need to come down here because I'm going home. I'm not dealing with this shit anymore. And I hang up. And then this guy all of a sudden changes his tone. Like, he, he was all about pushing my buttons. And he hears me say I'm gonna quit, so he kinda starts getting like, oh, little buddy, you know, it's okay, what's, what's wrong? What, are you stressed? And he all of a sudden becomes this, like, nice guy, or he, he's trying to. Like, he was basically what I think, you know, if I can look back and, and assess the situation from now, what it appeared to be to me was that this man was kind of just posturing to get something free. He thought I would just be like, I'll just give you the room free, here's your money back, go away. That's what he was trying to do. But he was doing it in the worst way possible. But he tells me, like, don't quit your job. And I told him, you just said it's my job to deal with you. And now I don't fucking work here, so you're not my fucking problem. And that's verbatim what I said to him. I'm sorry for the F-bombs. I'm going to try not to use them often on this show. But that's what I said to him. The man proceeds to beg me to not quit. And then tries to give me, I think it was $60 in cash. $40 to $60 in cash. And an apology. Well, by this point, I've made my bed. I'm I'm so pissed off, I don't even care. And I just start screaming at this guy. I don't even remember what I was screaming at him. But I remember one point, he asked me if I wanted to go outside and fight. And I just laughed at him, and I told him, like, you know what, fuck you, you know. I don't have the patience for you. I don't have blah, blah. I just go off on this guy, tell him what a terrible human being is, that he's the worst person I've ever served. And I've been doing this for a long time, that he doesn't know what's going on in my life. And he just needs to back out. But I feel like up until that point over that, that entire like few months, I just felt like I'd been asleep, you know, and you know, kind of going through the motions of my life. And I quit my job that night. And ever since then, all I've done is sell books and, uh, you know, run my little collectibles business and write freelance for a lot of different places. But I've really had to hustle, you know, and it's been a lot of hustle the last few months. And, And it's even more difficult being out here in the South. You know, it's beautiful country. Don't get me wrong. Like Arkansas is one of the most naturally beautiful places ever. I mean, it's called the natural state for God's sake. But since coming out here, I've encountered so many things I'm not used to, you know, being, growing up as a Hispanic kid, I mean, there was that, that prejudice every now and then, but I mean, in this, in this climate of America right now, I'm really dealing with it out here, it's like, I I go for a walk, I'm the only person in my neighborhood who's colored, and I'm also the youngest person by like 30 to 50 years, 
So I'll go take my dogs for a walk and I, I watch everyone in the neighborhood look out the window as I go by their house. And I would say in a year's time, uh, there's a, probably a mile or a half a mile walk around my neighborhood one way and then there's a mile up the street and back. And everywhere I go here, I think maybe three or four neighbors have warmed up to me and said hello. But uh, other than that man at the, you know, his little racism there at the hotel, I, I've had to deal with this other guy in my neighborhood. There was a day I was walking my dogs and uh, I was passing by these these two people, these two older people, an elderly couple. And as I'm passing by them, I, I say, good morning. And the wife says, good morning. And the guy just kind of glares at me. So that's whatever, you know. I just was polite and I, I, you know, didn't make me look bad at all. So whatever, whatever. I just moved on with my day, kind of forgot about it. And a couple days later, I'm out walking again and I just happened to see them. And, and from far away, I'm like, what's wrong with this guy? Like something different about him today, but I can't tell. It looks like he's like leaning a certain way or, you know, whatever. And as I get closer, I'm like, oh, he's not tilting. Like his arm's not closer to the ground. He's carrying something. And in his hand is this axe handle, just the handle, not like an axe on the top, but it's just this wooden handle like you would use to replace like uh, an axe, like you'd put the axe head on. So this guy, as I get closer and I say good morning to his wife, he puts this axe handle up on his shoulder like he's like he's Paul Bunyan or something. And uh, I, I was just absolutely taken back by that. Like, I've, I've not experienced that kind of behavior from people in Kansas. And that's saying something, you know, because Kansas is also, uh, you know, a hotbed of racism in a lot of places. There's a lot of that going on everywhere. But out here, it seems very, very specific. I go into stores and it's different. I, I feel different. I don't feel comfortable anymore. I haven't gone to a bar the entire time I've lived here. Um, the first time I lived here, I, I, the only time I ever felt comfortable going to a bar was with like with my father. And that was because my father was a, was a white man. You know, he looked the part. He wore camo all the time. He had a giant beard. He uh, he looked like he fit into this this crowd here. But I just don't get it, and I, I'm I'm really really adjusting to it. And uh, it makes me kind of glad that I I namely work from home at the moment. But other than that, you know, it, it's definitely been an experience and uh, just something that uh, I'm very taken back by. But uh, grief does that, man. It's just been this weird, weird, quick road. It was almost like I hit fast forward on this tape and ended up in a moment where I'm like, wow, you know, I've been writing and, and kind of providing for myself enough to get by for a little bit. But uh, it's been a big, scary world since I've kind of snapped myself back into it. Um, I, if I could do it again, I don't know if I would move out here. And, uh, that's just my feelings today. And, and while I mention that, I'm going to mention it like at the top of the program, every time we do this show, whether it's five minutes or 30 minutes or whatever, that's how I want to start the show out. I want to start the show just kind of giving my feelings and my emotions on, uh, everything and, uh, kind of just giving you what's on my mind as it's on my mind, because I think that's the best way to come across. That's the best I can give you of myself as far as content is if like I'm in the moment because if I'm very happy or very angry no matter the extreme for better or for worse I, I'm always at my best I can always collect my thoughts quickly and uh, it's better than me just rambling but uh, we're gonna bring my good buddy Addison Morgan on the show here in just a minute uh, this guy's one of my best friends and biggest supporters uh, ever in my life like Addison and I have been 
friends for years and years now. Uh, one of my oldest friends goes all the way back to high school, which for me, like I, I was, uh, my graduation year was 2003 and it's, uh, been a long time you know we're here in 2019 we've gone through a lot of changes 15 to 16 years of changes to be exact and I you know I know Addison and I had a a lot of growing to do so we're going to talk about growing up and kind of like uh, starting this podcast and and looking at where we are now compared to where we were back then but uh, we're going to bring him on here shortly and uh, thank you guys for just tuning into this podcast you know it's uh, really cool to have this venture to be able to tell these stories you enjoy reading and not have to put them on my Facebook wall. I, I got really anti-Facebook there a couple of months ago. I, I hate it. Every time I get on Facebook, it's just negativity. Just negativity and people putting each other down. And I don't care what your political opinions are or what you feel someone else should do with their life or whatever. Like You need to worry about yourself and stay in your own lane. And kind of just like focus on that because the better, like the the more you can make yourself better, the better you can make the world. Like good people are the people who are going to pave the road for the rest of us. And, and and that's kind of what I've been trying to follow. I've been trying to follow that lead and that example. But uh, I hope you've enjoyed this little like peek into my life out here in the middle of nowhere, Arkansas. Uh, just recording here from my Green Acre. Um Beautiful country, not so beautiful like attitude, but uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll see where that goes and what it what it brings to the podcast. But uh, we'll be back here in just a minute with my good buddy Addison Morgan right here on the program. We're going to talk about growing up, about life, about uh, fatherhood in this podcast, and uh, we're just going to move forward because that's what the name of this show is all about. You guys are listening to Tall, Dark, and Random. My mother was an airman. My friend was a marine. My son was a soldier. He died by suicide on March 21st, on April 25th, 2004. She didn't think there was hope. He didn't think there was hope. He didn't think he could be healed. There is hope for your son. For your friend. For your husband. Treatment Treatment can work. work. There is hope. There is help. You can heal. Welcome back to the program. Just remember, we are Tall, Dark, and Random, and we are available on Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. If we aren't one that you use, please throw us an email at talldarkandrandompodcast at gmail.com. That's talldarkandrandompodcast. It's all one word, at gmail.com. And right now, I want to bring on to the program a very, very dear friend of mine, Someone I've known virtually the last 15, 16 years of my life. Someone who's uh, been a big supporter of mine and a great friend. And we've always kind of talked about doing a podcast all this time. But uh, now the time is here and I'm going to put him on the spot. So everybody, welcome from the Springs of Colorado, my dear friend, Addison Morgan. Addison, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, man? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, um, you know, I thought you would be the best person to be the co-host on this show as I think, you know, a lot of the things we used to do in the past were, you know, kind of always kind of, we always led to like trouble or, you know, adventure, excitement, or just something we could laugh about all the time. And uh, I, I just want to preface this episode with this story because everyone seems to be into the funny stories, but you got me in trouble the other day, and or I guess I got myself in trouble the other day, but something we do back and forth on our phones a lot is uh, I will find 
photos of children that look like Addison on shows like Double Dare or Nick Arcade or just old rerun shows, wrestling crowds from the 1980s. But Addison and I kind of have this game where we send each other <laughs> these pictures and uh, we we kind of we rib each other. Would you say that? Like, that that's kind of a fair way to put it? Yeah, absolutely. I think whatever the picture's actually of, if it's of somebody that's at a restaurant or somebody that's playing in a field, uh, we basically just say, hey, that's cool, Nick, that you made it out to uh, Chuck E. Cheese today so that you could <laughs> eat your uh, slice of pizza. That's real cute. <laughs> And usually, it's not hard to look like me as a kid, you know, just have, just be brown and have poofy hair and be eating a piece of pizza. That's <laughs> usually, I, I think, the fairest way to put it. But I think my favorite of the ones we do are the story of my old Huffy, you know. Uh, I used to have this Huffy when I was a child. Is this, uh, <laughs> it's kind of this light blue mountain bike. And it has like fluorescent, it had like fluorescent speckles up the side. But my dad bought this mountain bike uh, from some neighbors we used to have in the area. And I was so excited to get it, but when I got it, I realized it had no brakes. So to stop this thing, I either had to drag my feet or crash it into something. So the main method of me crashing this bike was just crashing it into the garage door. So, my favorite thing to do to try to make Addison laugh is to find pictures of kids crashing on their bikes. Or if I see, like, a YouTube video, I'll send it to her. And that's kind of where this story is going to go as we go. But just let me tell it to you real quick. Uh, In addition to writing, I do a lot of, like, collectible selling. I mean, I go out and I, like, find items and I have to sell it on auction sites like eBay or Etsy or different places like this. Well, I get on one of them the other day, and it's one of the main ones I use, one of the main ways I make some of my income. And I find out I'm locked out of my account. So I go to my email, and I'm like trying to figure out why I'm locked out of this account. And all they do is give me this big, long, ridiculous like number to call, where I have like a nine-minute wait time when I call in. I'm sitting there on the phone just freaking out. Because, you know, the first thing you think of when, when it's like, oh, your account is locked, is you think somebody's fucking like compromised your bank account. And right. so I'm freaking out, you know, I, I genuinely think that I, you know, I've been, somebody got in and stole my $11, but, uh, get in there. I check my bank account, check my PayPal. It's all there, you know, all, all 11 bucks of it. And I, you just wait for this lady to come on this lady, just, you know, sitting there on the phone, just kind of like, man, well, you know, there's just a hold on your account right now, and they're just going to assess, and da, 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 and she just kind of giving me the business, and just, you know, giving me the magazine answer, you know, whatever's, like, written in front of her to tell me. So I start freaking out. I can hear her, like, flipping pages as she's telling me this. So I, you know, I kind of just check her a little bit. I'm just like, you know, you can quit reading your, your damn magazine and help me out here, you know, like, what's going on with my account? So she finally puts me through, and I'm waiting for someone to get on the phone for like the longest time and I'm getting angry you know I'm sitting there with this like elevator music playing my phone on loud and just waiting I'm trying to figure out what I'm in trouble for here and then this guy comes on and he tells me that my (laughs) my account has been compromised and been reported by uh, like a buyer who saw a listing on a Kevin Durant shirt and I'm like what was what was you know what am I being reported for and he says child abuse I'm, what? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, child abuse? Like, what What are you talking about child abuse? 
he says, well, you know, it, it looks like, you know, there was someone who reported for child abuse, and it was like a level something, blah, blah, and if it's investigated, we're going to have to send it to, you know, law enforcement. So I'm freaking out right now, you know, and, and anyone listening to this, let me just say this, like, if you don't know me, I don't have any kids at all. Like, the closest thing to a child I have is I have nieces, and I have a niece and a nephew, and I don't, you know, I've never even had to, like, remotely yell at either of them. So I'm confused. I'm like, child abuse? What do you mean child abuse? And then I find out that I accidentally uploaded four pictures of a kid crashing his bike into the garage <laughs> to this picture. And the last picture is a man over top of him laughing, which I, I guess was his father or whatever. It was a YouTube video. I took a bunch of screen captures. <laughs> So I had to sit on the phone for four and a half hours and explain to at least two or three different people that my friend and I are just jackasses who send pictures of kids who crash their bikes into things to each other to rip each other. And well, that's that's pretty much why you're the co-host. Did you get your account unlocked? I, I did. Eventually, it oh, took all good. day. I mean, like, I, I started this quest, I think, at, like, 11 o'clock, and, like, 4.30 rolled around, and they finally unlocked it. But I, I lost basically an entire day, and I'm freaking out. You know, they're like, hey, we're going to lock your account for, you know, 48 to 72 hours, and then, you know, maybe you'll be prosecuted for something. <laughs> it's like child <laughs> abuse. But you know me, man. I've got I've got bad anxiety over everything, so I'm just pacing the house, listening to elevator music, waiting for someone to come back on and, and tell me that, you know, I, I'm free to go here. I'm free and clear. But... What a ridiculous, what a ridiculous thing is all I'm saying. And I was just like, this is going to be perfect to begin our first show because why not? Yeah. That, you know, that, I think the last law enforcement contact you had was you were coming to my house to, uh, I think we were going to watch the like 2000 and I don't know, three, maybe Royal Rumble. <laughs> and you got stopped by the police and, <laughs> For walking. And uh, hassled for walking. <laughs> yeah, you had the, the VHS copy in your hands. <laughs> yeah, so well... You can, uh, really, uh, you can really tell that that's, that's kind of where Nick's criminal history comes from, is his ability to walk down the street with a, a VHS tape concealed on him. Yeah, what do, you, what do you got there? What do you have there? It's a, it's a tape, it's a tape! <laughs> God. It's vintage, though, you know? You never know what that was. But. Yeah. That, that, that nothing ever will be at the time that uh, I think I came out of a bar and I was so intoxicated that I decided it would be funny. I don't know why I thought it would be funny, but I would run and punch a sign on Mass Street in Lawrence. And I run and I punch this sign and this cop, hey, what are you doing? And I, of course, like, I'm just like, I'm so sorry. I was joking. It was just a joke. And I absolutely like wuss out. And then I realize he's like a rent-a-cop. Like he's like the one standing in front of the bank or whatever. It, like, wasn't even a real cop. But, yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, you know, we're, we're doing this show basically to, uh, to to grow up a little bit, I guess. You know, we, we do things like this, but I think it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to do this show with you because we're, you know, 15 years removed from a lot of this stuff that we've done. And I mean, like, obviously, we're still doing things like, uh, you know, the chubby kid pictures or whatnot. And let me let me say this. A lot of the times I send those pictures to Addison, it's like from shows that were made in like 1989. 
So in my mind, it's fine. You know, it's like those kids aren't kids anymore. And as long as they're like adults, then it's fine with me. <laughs> but yeah, I, and, and Nick and I both grew up uh, as very husky kids as well. So it's not like yeah we're making fun of, of uh, fat kids whenever we were and still are those kids. Yeah, I was going to say, we're just kind of making fun of each other. And, uh, you know, Addison kind of got out of the chunky thing. I teeter, you know, so (laughs) I'll lose a little weight and gain a little back. But more on that later. But But yeah, you know, we're we're doing this show now. And I mean, I know for me, like, I, I go back and I like think about a lot of bad things that I've done and terrible things that I've said to people. And, and I know for me, the show means a lot because I just want to like write a lot of ships and, and kind of help people out. I feel like, you know, as a musician and a writer and all this, like I've worked really hard and diligently to do it, but you know, in the long run, it was kind of a self-servient goal. You know, it's like I put out an album and it's like, I want to sell an album, but where do, who do I help with that? You know? And that's kind of where I'm at now, you know? I lost my dad last year. I lost a very good friend this year and the year before that. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just getting to that point now. I, I worry, I, You probably get this, too. I know you got a daughter now, so it's like you're very parental. But I just feel like I need to give back and do more. And, I mean, that's kind of my quest of, with this show. And I kind of want to know, you know, what what are you looking for forward to as far as doing this show? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, before I say that, I mean, you look at the successes of your album and your book, man, because I'll tell you right now, like, I'm not just saying this because I'm the co-host and and I'm uh, paid by you to say it with your $11 in your <laughs> account, but um, yeah, man, I I dig that album so much. It's it's still a, a repeat, a day in day out. Um, and man, I probably read the book cover to cover a couple times now, which I mean, you know, I, I can't read a book to save my <laughs> life, so that that must mean something. So. But yeah, man, I think I think this is a good uh, good time to do this. I've been wanting to do this with you for a minute now, um, but really, I think we have a lot of material that can be brought to the table, a lot of different variety of topics too, and uh, I think it'll be it'll be good because we're we're uh, very different, but we're very much the same, and so I think this is going to be uh, very beneficial and very successful um that didn't really answer the question but (laughs) to uh to answer the question what i want to get out of it i don't know man i just want to have uh have good conversations um i i kind of missed that being out here i haven't really gotten the the tight group of friends that i had back home so this is kind of a, a good opportunity to have that and be able to reminisce about all the good times and the bad times and, and just kind of, I, I'm, I'm the same as you. I, if, if this can help some people or if this is uh, something that people are kind of looking for as far as some humor, but also some seriousness, I think we're going to have a pretty good mix of, of both of those things. I agree. You know, it's like, uh, for anybody who doesn't know us, like, Addison and I literally hung out, what, every day for, like, six or seven years, like, consistently. Yep. It, it was like our friend group was in his basement every single day. Uh, you know, like, I, I prefaced the show with this. You'll hear it whenever it goes live. But 
I, I said it, you know, before I was anybody doing anything at all. Like, uh, I was eating bagel, bagel dogs at your house and drinking Capri Suns out of your mom's fridge. And yep. we were just trying to figure it out, you know. And it was kind of a one-step-at-a-time thing. But I think, uh, you know, what you guys can take away from this is, like, to value your friendships. Because, I mean, you never know when you're going to need your friends or you're going to, you know, need to just smile about something. And for me, you know, uh, dealing with anxiety and depression and, you know, the last year or so, the grief, a lot of just recovering and getting better from that has been just like doing bonehead things with Addison over the phone. You know, it's like you're 20 hours away, but, uh, you know, it's like you're no further than your basement from my house, in in my opinion. You know, there's just days where my life is crap and I feel like it's crap. And, you know, just one little thing turns it around. And, and I'm, I'm so glad that we have this opportunity to do this. Um, as far as the show's concerned, um, oh, sorry, need a drink. As far as the show... Just a water bottle. <laughs> I managed to do it this time without whistling. For anybody, if you hear the whistling in the background anytime we're on the show, I refuse to get a new Bubba cup. This one makes this, like, noise from time to time. So, as I take a drink, you will hear that. And I've kind of lost my point completely. But, uh, no, let's kind of go back to the book with that. Like, Addison lived this entire book with me you know a lot of nights I stayed at Addison's house and it was like sometimes it was just because you know I didn't want to go home or I I, you know it was a center point to town I didn't have a car at the time I had to walk everywhere and it was like you know walking four hours to work will really run you down but it's like there's people who do this every single day and I really 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 like empathize with them and Addison's always been one of my friends who never made me ask for a ride never like judged me for you know not having things at the time like dude we've had ventures together where i've lost addison's money and we're still friends and that's what i'm just saying you know you can get past absolutely anything in your life and kind of just move forward in the name of friendship and just forge those bonds and that's what i'm excited about this show for it's like sometimes there there's just days i'll hear a band or i'll see a movie and be like man i can't wait to get addison's opinion on this because i kind of know what it's gonna be you know based on what it is <laughs> like i always know i'm like i'm gonna get a very strong opinion from addison on this <laughs> true yeah and <laughs> that's uh that's it's just so important man like i i never ever yeah if you ever need anything and that's with any friend I mean, that's how it should be, because you never know when, when those tables could be turned, and, and, and you're the one that, that doesn't want to ask for a ride, or you're the one that doesn't have something that others do, so it's just so important to just be be humble no matter what, and just to take care of your your own, because, yeah, if you lose those those friendships and those bonds, then you're pretty much left with nothing, so it's just so important in my eyes. It's true, and, and you know, it's like I, when I was writing that whole book, you know, I, I started that thing, and it was kind of like, this is going to be a funny book about funny work stories, and then I realized, you know, as I was kind of also dealing with things in my own life, that there's a lot of heart to this, and there's a lot of growth, and the way I, like, would write it, you know, 10 years ago compared to now is so different, you know, it was like, I, I you know, we were talking about doing an episode coming up. You guys can, should continue listening to the show, by the way, because we're going to do a whole episode about Live Journal coming up down the road. But, uh, you know, I, I had to go refer back to an online diary to, like, 
remember a lot of the stuff correctly because you kind of see yourself through rosy lenses a lot of the times. And I mean, the way I used to write, you know, in 2005 compared to how I write in 2017, 18, it's completely different. You know, there's so much more humility and realness to what I'm saying now as opposed to like when we were, you know, kids just trying to go out and be arrogant and, and you know, seem like we were above so many things when we were just kind of like, uh, would you say we were just kind of masking our, our own problems and our own insecurities? Because that's kind of what I was getting from my writing, you know, then and now. Right. Yeah. Well, we thought we were pretty cool, but in reality, we weren't. We weren't <laughs> shit, man. I mean, <laughs> we thought we were we were the best of the best, but you know, you look at, you look back now, and it's just we were just a bunch of assholes, and um, you know, we wonder why we didn't have friends, but now you can see why we didn't because we definitely didn't deserve that, um, because we thought we were some privileged ass kids. Running the show in Garden City. I agree, you know, and, and I think there's been many times where I, you know, you kind of don't realize that you're the bad guy in someone else's story, you know? You kind of just focus on your own path and not so much what everyone else is doing. And, and that's kind of like where I feel like I've, I've landed on a lot of people's, like, list. And, you know, I, I look back and I'm like, these people are totally justified in, like, being upset with me and, you know... Now it's all about right and wrongs and just kind of doing something positive with, with the gifts I've been given. And, you know, this podcast is really a blessing to me because it's like not only, you know, a form of like, you know, reaching out and trying to get forgiveness and trying to let people know that we've grown up and we've, you know, done a lot of things, but we're still ourselves, you know, we're still fun. But it's also just, you know, a vehicle to like, you know, make new bonds and like forge ahead. And, you know, maybe some of these people that we shunned back in the day will, you know, listen to the show and, and understand we're just people too. And, you know, we were insecure and I'm sure they did the same thing. You know, I, I think when we were in the live journals, I read like 15 different people's journals and I think I liked one of them. I think Stana was the only person I liked <laughs> of, of all of our friends after reading journals. I was like, man, Stana was still an adult when she was 17 years old, but everybody else man we were all just caught up and i mean like it's easy to get caught up but uh you know do things like this make make a podcast you know if if you guys ever want to be on the show tell your story or you want to you want to confront addison and i for something we've done or we've wronged you for uh, do it man it's a vehicle for you too this show's for everybody now i gotta ask you know do you remember the first time i ever met you uh, was it, okay, was it the first time I ever saw PHS? <laughs> I think that, that was probably the first time, but I think the first time I ever spoke to you, spoke to you, I saw you walking down the hall and you had on like, uh, some hardcore band t-shirt and you're walking down the hall and you looked angry as hell. And I had just, uh, somebody had told me like you had chewed out a teacher in art class <laughs> or something for for bugging somebody bugging a student or whatever and everybody like oh there's addison and i yell what's up addison and you look over your shoulder and you smirk and winked and waved and just walked off (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was uh i was on that that uh i was taking those strides down to the principal's office to get my three days of out of school suspension for (laughs) cussing at a teacher so yeah yeah, man. What I re- what I remember is is the uh, the first time I ever saw PHS. 
and I bought a t-shirt and I came up to each of you and got it signed. Um, and that was a, for me, that was a big moment because I was, uh, I was like 15 or 16 and that was one of my first shows I ever went to. And so it was just cool to see what live music actually looked like and how it actually went down. And so I was hooked from the first time I ever saw you guys and I couldn't even tell you the other bands that were there, but yeah. But yeah, I, I do remember both of those moments very, very well. See, it's crazy what people remember because I didn't even, I forgot all about that. But then I remember you showing me that shirt one day at your house and I was like, Oh my God, you still have this shirt. And it was like, yeah. was it that gas mask one? Uh, yeah, it was. And Alex <laughs> Palmeras put Alex Poo for, for his autograph. So thanks for that. Yeah. Shout out to Alex for that one. We're all so mature. <laughs> so okay, like we're, we're talking about growing up. I mean, what, what what do you what do you feel the biggest change in yourself has been over the past fifteen years? Oh wow. Um, I think just my my patience and my ability to actually listen to people and understand where they're coming from instead of just wanting to hear my opinion and where I'm coming from. Uh, you see a lot of people who want to do a lot of talking, but they don't want to do a lot of listening. And, you know, it's one of the most important things is if you're going to listen to somebody, actually sit and listen to them. Don't just listen to while you're formulating your response because that's not really listening. And I think for me, that's kind of something that I still have to work on sometimes, but really just being patient and being able to listen and comprehend what people are saying and where they're coming from has helped greatly with reducing any, any time that I've had to, um, like get into an argument with somebody or, or disagree. Cause I mean, I, I can disagree with people, but I can also see your point at the same time. So I think that's definitely helped. And, I, and I'll tell you, man, like, um, becoming a dad really changes the person, um, like full 180. And so just kind of couple that with everything else. And I just, it just, I, I'm nowhere near the person I was 15 years ago. So would you say like fatherhood, it was kind of your turning point or was there like a point before that where you, you kind of like, or even just a moment, like one moment in time where you just kind of like stopped in your tracks and looked at yourself and thought, you know, oh my God, I need to make some changes. Like where was there a point or was it, would you say fatherhood or? Um, I, I think that as I kind of exited my twenties, I started to kind of see things differently. I kind of had a more wide vision of, of things around me instead of being so tunnel vision and just looking at what's a, what's directly in front of me. And so I think just kind of slowed me down to help, help me kind of formulate responses and, and figure things out and not always have to rush through things. But, uh, you know, I will tell you that you, you don't really know love until you become a dad. And, uh, so like that, that was a huge game changer for me. And um, so that, if I didn't have that moment, then that definitely was whenever my daughter was born. 
That's awesome, man. Like, see, I can I can kind of like pinpoint mine to just series of you know. I, I don't feel like I made like one big leap, you know. I kind of feel like mine have been measured in just like a series of steps, you know. It was like there's just moments like standing in the store and having somebody hand me a bag of like food from you know a food bank because I couldn't feed myself, or uh-huh. you know, you know, a rent a cop screaming at me on Mass Street for being an idiot and punching a sign you know just things like that that i go home and i would think about for days and i think it was just a lot of like simmer for me and and then you know everybody was like write this book write this book and as i'm writing this book i realized i was like not only writing about like funny little you know quirky stories that yeah i'm glad you're laughing at them and stuff but it's like at the same time it's like this was like really embarrassing for me (laughs) to like put on paper in a way You know, but it's so freeing as well. And, and it's like, I think that's why I made this show. It was just an opportunity to just be open and be ourselves and let everybody know, you know, it's, it's growth. It's all about growth and moving forward. Right. And man, how humbling is it to put those stories in there and, and actually be able to put yourself out there and kind of let people know the things that they may not have known until they read that book so that's cool that's uh that's a big step to be able to do that it really is you know and i i think like the biggest part like my dad used to say it too he used to tell me every time the biggest part of being an adult is like knowing when to call yourself on your own shit and uh you know mine is 232 pages of calling myself on my own shit yep you know but uh, we'll move forward with it. Uh, Addison's definitely he's going to be back every single week as the co-host of this show. Uh, next week, we're actually, it's not even next week. I, I almost messed up there for a minute. We're going to debut this show with two big episodes. Right after this, we got a show entitled Hurry Up and Wait. And it's going to be uh, like a little bit different than this one. It's a little more somber to begin. And it was a kind of just a moment I wasn't feeling myself as a person and kind of feeling like less because i'm a heavy guy and we're going to have addison's opinions on that uh if you guys want to support this show scroll down past the description on any of your carriers you could click on this little link at the bottom there it is an anchor fm dot uh, dot com link i believe you can go to that you can donate up uh, 99 cents 4.99 or 9.99 a month and support the show any little bit helps us we can uh, make improvements and kind of tweak it as we go and uh, just stick with us we're going to find our groove here it's going to be great. Addison, thank you for stopping by. We're going to have you back uh, on the episode that you can play right after you get off here. But join us there, and if you want to just make one payment one time and not have, like, a residual credit card payment, I hate those. I hate month-to-month automatic bill pay. Go to nicholasgrooms.bigcartel.com. That's nicholasgrooms.bigcartel.com, and make a one-time payment of $15. And for that, you're going to get your name shouted out on the show. I'm going to send you a birthday card, a poem, something in the mail for you to enjoy for yourself. And you're going to have access to Addison and I at any point. And you can talk to us about anything you want to on the show if you just give us a heads up. So, man, what do you think? You, you, something you want to continue doing? Yeah, I think it sounds good. I think um, we'll get some uh, kinks worked out and we'll get some rhythm built in. But, um, yeah, if you guys have any questions for either of us, I'll give my instagram if you want to give yours or whatever your favorite platform is but you can hit me up at addison away a w e i g h on the gram all right and mine is at official nicholas grooms or you can hit me up on twitter at nicholas grooms 
And Addison, thanks for stopping by, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Hey, everybody, before we sign off here, I just want to thank the Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors for the nice little PSA in the middle. They're helping uh, military survivors and personnel and, uh, you know, families afflicted with military suicide and, and like, and some healing. And, and I really, really love their program. I've been checking it out online. You can, too, at www.taps.org. That's www.taps.org. Or you can give them a call at 800-959-8277. Or you can help them out by hashtagging TAPSFAM online on any of your Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is you guys use. Uh, this show is free, completely free to listen to, no matter what. And there's never any pressure for you to monetarily donate to the show. But if you'd like to help out, Tall, Dark, and Random, scroll down to the bottom of your carrier here. It doesn't matter what podcast source you're using, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, whatever. There's a link for the Anchor FM donation list on the bottom there where you can subscribe to us for as low as 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 cents a month. That's less than a dollar. That's uh, like foregoing one coffee a month, and not even a good coffee. We're talking like a cold, rancid, mid-afternoon gas station coffee per month. You can help us. You can help this show survive. We can do more podcasts with just your little bit of assistance. If you're like me and you don't like to do the recurring payment thing, I hate when I see like recurring payments coming out of my account and trying to remember what they were for. You can donate fifteen dollars right now to the podcast on our site. You're not. You know, we're not requiring you to at all. This show is always going to be free to listen to. But if you want to help us out and donate $15 down right away, not have to worry about it again, I'm going to send you a poem or a card or a birthday card in the mail letting you know that I appreciate everything you guys do to support the show. Like I said, I've been hustling hard since I moved out here to the sticks. It's been a lot of slinging music and, and downloads and, and books and you know anything I've had to do to get by. And I really appreciate my supporters and everyone who, who's gone out of their way to like pick up something of mine from my web store and just keep the ball rolling. You guys are the best. One last reminder, we have a second show coming up. So by the time you listen to this show, hopefully that second one is posted. The latest it'll probably be posted is Tuesday morning. And I don't even foresee it being that long. I think I can have it up by Monday. But we've got an even better show coming up on that one. We're going to talk about my weight woes, uh, the problems I've had with uh, weight loss and weight gain. We're also going to have Rachel Carlin stopping by. If, you guys don't know who Rachel Carlin is. She is an amazing human being and is actually the reason this whole hotel story thing started for me. She hired me at my very first hotel and uh, got me a job, kind of got me into this racket, and is a reason all this is possible. So uh, we're going to have a good time kind of reflecting on the hotel we used to work at and some of the weird people we encountered there. And uh, we're also going to talk about what Rachel's been up to because that's what we're really here for. I want to hear other people's stories, not just my own boring dull, dullness that I've been going on and on about. I'm a few Spike Seltzers too many into the show, so I'm going to sign off right here. My mind is wide open, guys, so hopefully you guys want to visit. Thank you for tuning in to the first episode of Tall, Dark, and Random, and we will see you soon. So I keep my mind open just in case you want to visit How many people ain't feeling the mirror Hate your reflection How many y'all really sincere made a connection But listen, I understand that everyone is different So I keep my mind open just in case you want to visit Cinderella story Smashing all these pumpkins like I'm big